Anywho, so on this episode of Clinic Fit Press, we're talking resolutions, and by the time we probably get this out, it will be plenty past New Year. Your February resolution. Hey, yeah, yeah, February's solid shot for it. Yeah, we can go with that, but also we really want to talk about, I think, how we don't necessarily like the resolution thing. I know we're not the only people to talk about it, but we at least wanted to give our perspective. Uh, we've got some good buddies, and I'll already shout them out, or Kyle actually knows them. I feel like we should know him, but uh, Logan Gilbrick, I believe is how you pronounce it, had a great post on that, uh, which we'll try and link up to, and just not making it a resolution, um, but making it a lifestyle thing. So we were just gonna talk about what we do, what we've seen, what has worked, what doesn't seem to work, and then kind of tap into some things we think people should avoid when they're trying to look at resolutions and get things done and go from there. Perfect. So, that being said. That, that's it, right that's there. That's it, that's it, we're done. Just make it a lifestyle. Yep, make it a lifestyle. I know one and I listened to another podcast. Uh, Kyle Lopez is a big reader and social marketer and he's just all over the place and he's got a really interesting backstory but he is a big thing I know I've seen varying things on what we were talking about earlier, the habit thing, like how many days consistently it takes to make a habit. And I've seen as little as 21 or 22, but I've seen as many as 66. So you need to do something consistently for 66 days to make it a habit. And then this guy took it and made it 67 just to be a little different, but he's actually got like a whole step process. But I think that's like glaringly true like how often do we like get into something and you're really good at it for like a week and then it goes away and you don't check yourself on it or you don't hold anybody liable or nobody holds you liable for it and then it goes away and I know that's one that I've struggled with you get like super amped about something and then it goes away so yeah you have to to maintain it's like holding yourself accountable and even after the 67th day if it's supposedly a habit, like you still have to continue with it. Then, yep. You know, I mean, maybe it becomes a little bit easier if it's in your routine, but you know, I mean, you still have to do it. So that accountability is there, no matter if it's day one or seven or 67. I think a lot of that starts too from the beginning of what your goal is. Like make sure you don't True. set yourself up for failure before you even get started and have some unrealistic expectation that you're going to lose 100 pounds, improve this aspect of health, whatever it is, if it's not something that's feasible, then don't even have it for a goal to begin with or you're gonna fail 100% of the time. Bite-sized chunks. Like yeah. going to that, having a plan. Right. You know, your goal may be to lose 100 pounds, which is feasible, Yeah. but it's not gonna happen in not the March. month of January. Yeah. Or, yeah, or you know, something like that, but there can be a way you can have a plan to accomplish that goal and that's what you gotta go so it's like having the dream like you should have that dream you know, and all the stuff that we've talked about wanting to do but what's our plan to actually get to said dream or goal or whatever it may be and I think that brings in just setting like smaller goals yes. slash resolutions in the process like your benchmarks which we're behind on some by the way we got some work to do <laughs> um, but I think that's big and I know the one that it was on a Ferris, Tim Ferriss podcast, go figure. Um, it was one guy who was just doing his own self-experimentation. It was, because I never remember it. 
No, wrong app. Way of Life app. And basically you can get the free version which gives you like three things or you pay all of $2.99 to get the paid version uh, where you can put a bunch of things and you set what your task or whatever you want to check off for the day. So I've got 20 some and one of them is like learn Spanish and you just check yes or no or you skip that day. And so did I go and do my Duolingo app that day to learn Spanish? And it can go back and you can track your trends based on the week or the month or the year. And so this guy was basically going to set up a bunch and then he was going to post the data. He's going to get it in an Excel spreadsheet, post the data so people could see if he was actually doing it. And I haven't gotten to that point yet, but you don't like seeing all the red squares of things you haven't done. Oh, and you can go back and look at how long you haven't done it. And it gives you streaks if you hit over three days, you know, then it starts telling you how long your streak is and whatnot. But that's been interesting to me because I can go back and look. And if I didn't have a good week, you know, it's, I, I can see it on this thing. That's and I know I didn't feel like I got a lot done. I mean, it's simple as remember to take, you know, your vitamins. And, you know, remembering to do some mobility work which I'm not good at doing, apparently, <laughs> which is not surprising, unfortunately. But that's been a helpful one to me in trying to kind of keep myself relatively accountable because it's like a challenge because then sometimes I get tonight, like I have reading on there, which I don't do very good. Well, sometimes when I'm like, oh, if I can get 20 minutes in, I can check that thing off, and that's one more green square. And then I was <laughs> able to get my reading in, and I, I personally find that very helpful. So so did you do the free version, or did you pay for it? I ended up paying for yeah. it, yeah, just because... I couldn't think of like three things that I, I couldn't think of only three things that I really wanted to get accomplished. So I just, and once you do the okay. paid version, you, you can get do more whatever you want. So, yeah, that is without trying to make it overwhelming, but some of them are like ridiculous little things. You know, I, exercising with my goal of being three times a week, like, or whatever it is, and that's my lifting and whatnot. So you can kind of set some of that stuff in there as well. So if it's uh, three days a week, weekly goal then each day you, you just don't check it off if you're not you could skip day. it if you wanted to okay so I just go red just so it hits a little bit more home okay that in case it gets real bad I can see it better so <laughs> I use it that way. Yes, you could. Yeah. Yeah, you know. that's one of the things I liked about some of the fitness and activity trackers is the accountability mm -hmm. component to it where you can kind of track your trends over time and see if you hit your step goal for that day or your activity goal, you know, did you get your 10,000 steps in? Yep. And then the social aspect of that as well. So the you competitions. can yeah, yeah. challenge people to competitions. You kind of have friend groups and you can see who's slacking, who's killing it every weekend, or you have that one friend who is an avid runner and just dominates every weekend Those step challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's nice because again, it, you're seeing what your own progress is like, you can kind of keep track of your own accountability and then you can challenge others to it and vice versa, they can cheer you on. Tim Ferriss had a really interesting one. There's a couple of them, like you can do ones where you put like money on it, like your oh, friend, yeah. you owe your friends money or just doing it with friends. Like if I don't do this by this day, I owe you a hundred bucks so they can keep you accountable. But there was another one where you go on and you basically like pledge money to something you would never want to give money to. So the, yeah. the example, like one guy was like, if I don't get this done, I have to give a thousand dollars to this group that doesn't like in past history of my religious affiliation. And so that's your 
drive to not do that because you don't want to pay that money. A, you don't want to lose the money, but B, you also don't want to go to those people. Right. And so there's things out there for stuff like that, and it can be a little drastic, but that's what it takes. Sometimes it hurts. You know, looking at what's going to hurt more than what's going to feel good and trying to avoid the pain is just as powerful as the feeling of doing really good with yeah. those things, which I haven't delved into, but it sounds interesting. So I think people look at January 1st as, you know, it's a new year. It's a brand new beginning. So it's mm -hmm. like you, you hear it so often, a new year, a new you. Well, it's, it's not. I mean, it's the same you, it's you know, another it's day. just another right. day. It just happens to have a different number at the end of the year. You're probably hung over. But you forgot about it. Right, yeah. yeah. So you're, <laughs> How many people are still writing 16 instead of 17? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think not just waiting, What what's waiting for that date and just get after it if you want to make yourself better at something or if there's something you want to improve or incorporate, try to implement that right now. And like AJ said with the bite-sized chunks or, you know, breaking, not making too big of a goal. I think sometimes people try to, there's all these things they want to change about their lives. <clears throat> and in order to make it a habit, like that's such a drastic change. It's probably not going to be feasible right off the bat. So maybe that's a good long-term goal to, to make all these mm -hmm. changes, but maybe starting off a little bit smaller with this, this one goal and make that a habit. And then it's just adding another puzzle or piece to the puzzle. And I think that's much more attainable into making it part of the lifestyle yeah. or a habit. Because you can't just 180 change your lifestyle. Most people can't, I should say. It's I mean, tough. I think that's especially important when it comes to trying to change your diet for the better of, you know, if you try to do some complete overhaul, there's no way you're going to be able to do it long term. If you're switching to like the Whole30 or paleo or some of these really restrictive plans if you don't have a plan if you don't have a grocery list if you don't have recipe ideas already lined up and ready to go there's no way you're going to be successful on that type of diet change but if you just say all right today i'm just going to have another serving of vegetables or i'm not going to eat this for dessert or something like that just have small baby steps over time you would kind of experience a positive trend and wouldn't be falling off that diet plan, switching to the next best thing or something like that. So I think that's huge when it comes to changing your diet. It's just small steps, small changes first, and then over time it'll lead to more of a substantial improvement. I think I've been reading another Tony Robbins book that he wrote years ago, but he talks about that and it's all mindset. Like when you go in and you are getting something, you know, can you get yourself to think about avoiding just that short-term satisfaction in terms of switching it to thinking of the bigger picture. Like, so you go in and I wanted to, I needed to stop to a quick trip to get coffee. Well, that's my excuse to get a breakfast sandwich too. And I don't ever eat a breakfast sandwich or really eat, you know, breakfast any other day, looking at kind of the intermittent fasting thing. Well, A, I kind of went in there and I was like, do you really need it? Well, you're not really that hungry. You just want it because it's convenient and it's here and you're looking for that reason. Right. But B, like, that's a win. Like, now you didn't eat that. You didn't break your fast. And you also save two bucks, you know, like, you, in which is small, but it adds up over the big term. The big win is the, the moral. Yeah, exactly. Will. And right, you know, it's that one little decision, but then that was a win for the day. As small as it is, and you know, it's not like that thing is going to set me back totally, but that was, like you said, it, you know, willpower is a very 
overrated and I, from whatever seen and read and whatnot like you have it but you only have so much and so mm-hmm. when you can give yourself those little wins and ingrain that in i think sometimes when people fall off and make a slip here or there say you bought the breakfast sandwich sometimes people think it's easy like oh my day's already shot you know i already oh yeah the snowball that. so then you know just let the rest of the day slide and then right. it just gets out of control well yesterday it was bad so you know let's, let's make it another day weekend. yeah yeah i'll wait till next year to do the yeah. resolution. Yeah. January. <laughs> right. <laughs> happens. And I think even if the day isn't, like, maybe the morning was a total waste, like, the rest of the day can still be good. It can start, like, right now. It doesn't have to start in the morning or mm-hmm. January 1st. I think, didn't Sam say that? And I was like, if you have a bad thing, like, don't let it ruin your day. Just jump back in at the next thing. Like, right. If all you had were crappy lunch options, have a good dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, just get right back into it. Don't let it. Or even changing your mindset about it and be like, okay, well, you know, I was doing really well for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe that was my reward or something for, for doing well and trying to put a positive spin on it a little bit. I think that kind of has a a role to play too, just the mindset instead of just beating yourself up and being negative about it. Obviously it would be nice not to slip up, but. I think that's where intermittent fasting has a lot of positives of people who struggle with like urges or kind of binging episodes. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's kind of built into the intermittent fasting way where you got a lot of food you got to eat in a tight window. So yeah, yeah, if you have a problem stopping your dinner, well, you know, intermittent fasting may be an hard idea because you haven't eaten all day. You got a lot of calories you got to get in a shorter window, so maybe that works better for you. It's interesting to see how it has pros and cons for different kinds of people and lifestyles. I think. Oh, yeah. And so we talked about that, and it's not for everyone. Not everyone's right. going to respond the same way to it. You, you might be a different person, but that you got to know, you got to try it to know. That's exactly it. You same, just, you're never going to figure it out. But Same thing in that meal frequency post the other week too it's like some people have a higher meal frequency will work great for oh, yeah. and they'll have better success and vice versa some people they'd be better off just eating two meals a day it's like the perfect chess move if you ask a chess player like what's the perfect chess move it's like i don't know you know like what's the situation and what's the scenario and everything mm-hmm. going on that's the what's same thing they win, right yeah. yeah just applies to different people and that's the problem is people try to Follow cookie cutter programs, or hey, I heard about this. It worked for my friend. It'll probably work for me too. Well, maybe not. It could. Depends. I guarantee it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I know we talked a little about goal setting, and I know I've heard other ones about flipping the script on that and actually looking at, at like fear setting. So instead of going and looking at all your goals, you know, and trying to power through that way, like flipping it and say, okay, if I'm trying to accomplish this, what's holding me back, and how bad could it really be? You know, so if you want to start a business and you know you can invest you know, this much in, well, if it flops and you're only out this much, in the big scheme of things, is that really going to put you into a financial strait you know, or into a bad position or like on those different things like weight loss? Like, What's my biggest fear of trying to go and do it? And sometimes if you can talk your way behind that and you look at what, you know, what's the fear that you got to eat more fruits and vegetables or something like that. Like if that's your, you know, if that's what's holding you back, sometimes just flipping the script on how you look at it mm-hmm. can actually be like, oh, that's really not that bad. Like, you know, 
or working out for the first time. You know, everybody's afraid of getting injured, but if you go and you really kind of look at it and talk to some people, it's your likelihood of getting injured going to the gym. Right. I mean, it can be bad, but <laughs> if you're you know, smart about it, as we kind of talked about it, and it's a progressive small goal thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you were just referencing a guy you were working with that's deadlifting an incredible amount of weight. Well, he probably didn't go from none to that, and he's just progressively built up, and you found that that's what works. Right. But deadlift might not work for Kyle and his long, lanky arms. <laughs> you know, it just might not be a thing. Yeah. Plus, if you're going to get injured, I'm sure the injury is something you're probably going to be able to overcome as opposed to if you're not exercising or eating well. Right. right. The, the stuff you're going to be dealing yeah, with. Yeah, the alternatives. Yeah, a lot worse. <clears throat> I mean, we've talked about the Simon Sinek with the why. Yeah. I think that's super important for people to, to look at when they're making a resolution because you can't just plant motivation in people and that's something oh, I so wish hard. I could figure out how to do. But, I mean, they've got to want to, to make the change, and I think they have to, like, evaluate why do they want that change. Like, what's, what's ultimately, you know, like the driving force for them wanting to do that? And if that's not really there, they don't understand that, I don't think it's a resolution that's going to stick. Right. And the hope, well, I, I guess I got an example of that. So I'm working with a client, and she's going on a big trip to Hawaii in March, so like that's her motivators. I mm -hmm. want to get this certain physique. By the time I go on that, that trip, but my, <laughs> <laughs> well, my hope for her is that that is like a stepping stone. She, along the way, will hopefully develop all these positive habits, eating better, exercising right, so once that trip comes and passes, she can just keep on continuing those and it's not just an end goal like, oh, I did it, went on that trip, you can reframe now I go stop. If you now hit the trip, well, you know, summer's only a couple months away, so why not keep going so you're ready for the summer? Right. Sure. You know, and then I'll, just that's your that's your next step. Well, you already worked as hard to look as good as you and feel as good as you are now. Let's keep that thing rolling. Yeah, exactly. And go rock it out at Pettybone Beach. <laughs> yeah. And then after on the boat on the Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a training program or something just to keep her accountable. Just so there's always something because yeah. then there's motivation to actually follow up. Right. It's interesting because I, I feel like the most, I don't know even what the statistics are, but the most made resolutions are probably dietary and fitness related. Yeah. I you know, couldn't, yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones, but sure. I feel like that's the big one. It's interesting that, that it, it always comes to that. Like people just fall off of those aspects of their lives that they need to to feel the desire to change that so much as opposed to maybe, I don't know, other aspects of their lives. It's just interesting to me how we're so poor at that, apparently. Yeah. So is that your subtle transition onto us talking about things we think you should probably avoid? And I, I, it's a great transition. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, well done. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard you know, 75, 77% of all resolutions are like weight loss or fitness related. And it's like a number like that they don't follow through on their resolutions. I, I think it's higher than upwards of eighty. <laughs> no, I think I think it's even ninety percent of people. Like by the time February March comes around, have already failed at whatever their resolution was. Well, I'm sure by the time people are listening to this, most most that have made a resolution probably still aren't going. Yeah, Lane Norton. That's not the case. Yeah, hope not. Lane Norton always talks about. He's like people are actually pretty good at 
like initially accomplishing some part of their resolution, whether it's losing weight, he's like, the problem is people can't maintain that weight loss once they've done it. So it's, they may have had some limited success with the resolution, but maintaining that or keeping that progress forever is where people really struggle. So do you think, I mean, I know, and I don't know if we talked about it a lot on the show, but I, we've got a general thing where none of us are quick fix people, 10 day cleanses, even 21 day cleanses, but thoughts on like the 42 days or the six weeks, which is 42 days. Yeah, that's a 40. <laughs> Sorry, I had to check my math there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Seven by yeah. six. 42, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Struggled with college math. But, you know, do you start falling into that range? Like, is that still on the quick fix or what are your thoughts on that? I feel like once you're getting into the six-week range, that's more of the timeline that's realistic for kind of changes that are going to stick, I guess. When you fall into the quick fix, the short-term cleanses, or the short diet program or whatever it is, your results are going to be just that short. You mm-hmm. may lose some weight right away, but it's, it's a lot of water weight. Um, you're just restricting food, and it's not something that's going to be realistic to maintain long-term, so you may lose a couple pounds, but chances are you're going to gain it right back. And a lot of times when people do crash diets, the weight they gain, they even overshoot and they kind of get this rebound. Because it's your body freaking out basically and trying yeah. to store I think you talked about that somewhat in the Weight Loss 101. Yep. It's just how that can happen. And you just even with consuming less calories than you were before even after a restrictive one, your body's still in this mode of, oh my God, what's happening to me? Right. And it doesn't go well. No, and you kind of preferentially store it as body fat, mm-hmm. more likely than you would if you would have I just worry, done that's nothing. To me right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, but, <laughs> but that's what happens when people Scale do these restrictive diets or kind of pair it with excessive exercise. They have some limited success short term, lose a little bit of weight, but if you kind of go about it the wrong way, you can lose a lot of lean mass, mm-hmm. and your metabolic rate will kind of tank downwards with that, making you more susceptible to gain more weight moving forward because your metabolism is now slowed down a bit. And I should know this answer, but I'm going to ask the question. So in that instance, like, when you talk about losing muscle mass, if you think somebody who's still working out and their numbers are still where they would want them to be, but their calories are restricted, do they offset to a degree to not go down that metabolic slope? where your body freaks out and stores away as body fat because you're still performing at a level that you would want to. But they're still technically like under eating? Yeah. I think there they shouldn't really be gaining weight. They should still be able to. Because it kind of offsets, but you know, and you're not in theory losing muscle mass because your numbers are where they are or even still improving right. to a degree. It would depend more on like specifics of body composition. Right. You could maintain strength while you're losing muscle some degree. Okay, that did make me feel better. Oh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so I realized this was a personal theoretical example. <laughs> a friend of mine <laughs> who might be going through this. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, what else we got? Anything else on this topic? I mean, the quick fixes seem to be easiest with nutrition. Yeah, I mean, you them. can talk about, you know, crash workouts and 
doing everything. I know most of us are in favor of something that's more structured or programmed. Like you can have those workouts within it. Look at what happened out of, in Oregon. That can <laughs> kind of burn you out. Yeah, if we can link up that story. But, you know, workouts, you can go in and anybody can put you through a workout that's going to make you sore the next day. That's not hard to figure out. Or in the case of that instance, puts you in a really bad place. Put you in hospital. Right. But not just seeing that as the one, and I've discussed this with several people, that they go to all their different classes. Well, you're working out, but are you really training to keep yourself where you are? I think at some point there's a point of diminishing return if you're just picking and choosing classes to go to. But there's no progression in that. It's Because it's a different group of people almost every time. Mm-hmm. Not that classes are bad, please go and do them, but I think we think, you know, going back to the resolution thing, having that plan of progression and going and, you know, that doesn't mean you have to get bigger and stronger all the time, but making sure that you're taking care of that and following something, I think it helps out a ton in terms of kind of crash or, you know, quick fixes right. when it comes oh, to yeah. the working out realm of this whole conversation. Yeah, Some I mean, sort of improvement. Right, Rome wasn't built in a day, so you just got to give these things time to happen and have a plan and incorporate progression into it one way or another, where it's, whether it's in the weight room mm-hmm. and you're trying to get stronger or bigger, increasing the weights, increasing volume, whatever, to accomplish that, or if it's losing weight, whether you like it or not, it's going to come down to eating less. <laughs> you don't just do that less in one day, it has to be kind of a systematic reduction over time if you right. want to keep losing weight over time. If you're happy with the weight loss level, that's your new level of calorie intake. Mm-hmm. That's kind of your new maintenance level. It may suck to be kind of in a permanent reduced calorie number, but that's the reality. Like as soon as you start increasing calories back up, that's when the weight's going to go back up. So if you want to keep losing weight, that number kind of has to keep going down, or you can somehow you increase the, the other side of it, yeah, or increase your output to kind of offset it. So. Again, they they just take time, and you have to build those progressions in. Otherwise, people get frustrated, and that's when they quit. Right. When they don't have that plan, don't allow enough time for those adaptations to take place, and that's where a quick fix will never be the long-term solution. For sure, it hasn't become a habit yet. It has to. The habit has to be there. And it has to be a habit. And, it, is not good and it's flawed from the get-go. Like, there's no rationale behind it. They're all the same for everyone. Here, drink these shakes for eight days or just eat this for eight days. Like, what about me who weighs twice as much as someone else? Why should we be on the same detox mm-hmm. plan <laughs> eating only fruits and vegetables? It's like, no way we're going to need the same things or get the same results. Right. So it shouldn't be set up that way. So if you see those kind of plans, run away from them. Not gonna work. It's a waste of money. There's a lot out there. Oh, so many. It's, it's a way to make money. That's all it is. Or lose it if you're on the other end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. True. Very, very true. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. What do you see in your world for resolutions in your profession? You see people come in with pain uh, and anything like that. Like, I don't see a whole lot from the, the resolutions side of things. I mean, I'm sure we could do more. I know there's practices that do, you know, kind of a new year, new you type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we don't do much of that. I mean, I thought the, the Weight Loss 101 was good because it was, like you said, a long term. It was a lot more education. It was kind of like empowering 
people. Give you the tools to do it on so your own. I think own. something like that is, is really yeah. good. Uh, yeah, we don't do a whole lot with that, but I know that there are uh, you know places that kind of do a, a nutrition type thing. I know there's places that do what we just mentioned that people shouldn't do uh, in terms of the quick fixes or maybe they're um, in with a certain supplement company uh, that promotes promotes you know a, a quick amount of weight loss or um, I don't know I think just uh, finding what works best for people and how, how that fits into their their schedules and their lifestyles and whether that be you know their work routine or whatever I, I, I kind of deal with it all year long I guess because people come in with a certain condition and we're trying to incorporate you know well this is why you're here because these things are going on um, maybe you don't have enough hip mobility or whatever, so we're gonna give you this stretch is like super specific to you. Like this stretch is going to help you. We try to limit it to one or two things that they can sustain. Because if we give someone six, seven things, I mean, sure, those are gonna help them. Give them one or two things they can do really yeah, well. One or two six things, or seven things they'll... that they're not gonna right. hardly do at all. They become overwhelmed. It's like, oh, I gotta do my exercises today. I don't have an hour to do them all, so I'm not gonna do any. Whereas if they can just do one or two things, I think that's really helpful. For sure. So, I don't know that we had a patient come in uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, tough schedule because he he has to get up like and leave for work at 4 a.m. and then he doesn't get home until like 7 at night and he's wanting to like he's working on the road and stuff so it's hard for him to you know to eat well and it's like trying to incorporate you know some ways that he can create you know maybe some food that he can take with him or you know you know make something before he goes and that it's going to be a little bit better than stopping at a convenience store and picking up you know a quick trip breakfast sandwiches or or whatever, and then that for lunch. So how how will that work? Everything is lifestyle. Worst thing, for, the for, best thing ever. For exercise too. I mean, that's tough because he's tired when he gets home from working manual labor all day. And right. I think like for him specifically, it was just he's getting a lot of physical activity throughout the day. Mm -hmm. He's he's tired, so just making those dietary changes is is going to be huge all the for him. Yeah. So I think it's more just on a yearly scale than this time of year for us anyways this time of year it's oh it's a lot of ice falls i was just gonna ask that shoveling. <laughs> god the roads have been slick oh yes. it's entertaining up here damn well anything else that you guys want to cover pretty simple i think don't do a detox or cleanse that yeah. i guess that shouldn't be confused with some of the the calorie restriction or the fasting stuff that's different that has a certain purpose and some you know promising research to support it. So that we've said in a lot of things, but whole food should still be the staple of your diet. Yeah, like we've talked about the supplements and things like that. Yes, we still believe in the supplementation, but just as that, right. as the supplement to the diet to potentially fill things that you're just not going to get enough of otherwise. Hence, this time of year, vitamin D. I see twelve minutes of sunshine a day if I'm lucky if that, yeah. you know so me taking vitamin D is something that's almost required and really for almost anybody up in the north right. that even if you're outside all day you're probably not exposing enough skin to generate what you need but mm -hmm. so to not get those confused but to not make it so everything that you're relying on for your calories is through some a shake, shake or, or yeah. a drink or a powder or something like that right so yeah I, that was a good very good clarification absolutely 
and then even getting back to like the intermittent fasting and um, like alternate day fasting and things like that like again that's not something you would do all day every day but check with your doctor yeah hopefully yeah. they're well hopefully they're open to it hopefully we know a good one in the area yeah exactly so, there you go <laughs> you get checked ask the, the right kind just, of doctor. just let us know but yeah, yeah. it's coming up, like we said, coming up with a plan, figuring out how to hold yourself accountable, yeah. whether it's through friends. I mean, money is a powerful motivator, you know, through an app, something like that. I think that's the, the most helpful way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, what gets measured gets accomplished. That's very true. Great point. So. And baby steps. Yeah. Take time. It'll get there. Sweet. Well, that being said, when this comes out, we have already launched our clinically pressed incentive program. All we're looking for is for everybody that enjoys our stuff to share with your friends on Facebook, make sure it's public so we can see it. Thank you, Erica, mm-hmm. who's commented multiple times on that for me, helping me out. Uh, retweet us on Twitter, mention us on Instagram, we'll track it at 10, we'll get you um, a car decal, wherever you want to put it, or a, and, and a sticker. Um, pretty simple there, and at 25, it's a baseball hat, a stocking hat, or a t-shirt and then at 35 your choice of one of those three again and if you go beyond that we'll give come you a in, hug. yeah come <laughs> give you a hug or shake your hand if you're a little more comfortable with that so well that's thanks for checking this one out and we'll talk to you guys later good luck with the resolution yeah that's right. for sure Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Press. Go to clinicallypress.com for full show notes and links to everything that was covered in this episode. While you're there, you have access to all of our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Press on YouTube and any, any other podcast outlet. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or review on how we are doing, we would greatly appreciate it. To get more free content delivered to your inbox, sign up for Total Athletic Therapy Newsletter. You'll get direct links to all Clinically Pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimized performance. Thank you for listening, and see you next episode.